welcome to the former review. Today, we'll be looking at the 2022 film, The North. I'll sit back, relax, grab your drinks, and stop by the show. What's up, y'all, and welcome back to the former review. This is season five, episode eight, and I thank you all for tuning in once again. Now, in this episode, we will be analyzing a new adaptation of a century-old tale. Now, should it have stayed as a legend? Stay tuned to find out. Before I get into anything, I do want to preface this episode with a slight spoiler warning. I will be going into a bit of an analysis here when it comes to some of the accuracy and the story and going into a relatively full analysis. So this episode will have a little bit of spoilers, so I will suggest, as I always do, to go see the film first prior to hearing what I have to fully say about it because at the end of the day, you want to fully understand what everything that I have to say about it. But if you don't care about that, just keep listening. Also, I know I talk about this at the end, but the data shows that most people don't listen to that part, so I want to talk about it here and reiterate the importance of leaving reviews on your favorite subscription services. I do read those because I do want to grow because these episodes are really for all you listeners out there, and I want to keep this entertaining. So what do you want to hear? Do you want to hear games? Do you want to hear more of the 4K stuff? Do you want to hear me talk about a certain movie? If you want to come on and talk to me about something for you want to debate, I'm always open to do stuff like that so you can always reach out to me on social media i always want to grow and improve and just because something works doesn't mean that it cannot be improved so if there's something that you want me to improve on let me know and i will grow as such anyway back to the film at hand so let's sit back relax grab your drinks let's talk about this film Northman is an epic historical film directed by Robert Eggers, who co-wrote the screenplay with Joan. Based on the legend of Amleth, the film stars co-producer Alexander Skarsgård, Nicole Kidman, Clest Bang, Anya Taylor-Joy, Ethan Hawke, Bjork, and William Dafoe. The film follows Amleth, played by Skarsgård, who is a Viking prince who sets out on a quest to avenge the murder of his father, played by Hawke, by his paternal uncle, Bang. And along the way, he is aided by an enslaved woman named Olga, played by Taylor-Joy. And on his journey, he also attempts to rescue his mother played by Kidman from his uncle's clutches. So before going into the film fully, we must first venture back in time. Sometime around the 12th century, a fellow named Saxo Grammaticus sat down to write a history of Denmark and put together this chronicle of this country's mythology, history, and also conquest. Now two of his 16 books told the tale of Amleth, who was the grandson of a king. Amleth's father was murdered by his brother, Amleth's uncle, who then married Amleth's mother. Amleth feigned madness to escape his uncle's sword, and eventually he took his revenge upon his uncle. If you've heard this story before, it's probably because the most famous adaptation happened a few centuries later when an English playwright used Amleth's tale as the inspiration for a story of a Danish prince who avenged his own father's death at the hand of his uncle-slash-stepfather. He titled it The Tragedy of Hamlet, Prince of Denmark, and his name was William Shakespeare. Now fast forward to this century and we have this film, which is again based on the Amleth legend. Well, somewhat as there are some changes. In the film's runtime of about two hours, Eggers is able to place his audience into this medieval landscape that is both amazing and strange, while also grounded and supernatural all at the same time. And according to Eggers, quote, they worked with archaeologists and historians trying to recreate the minutia of the physical world while also attempting to capture the inner world of the Viking mind, their beliefs, mythology, and ritual life. That would mean the supernatural world would be as realistic as 
the ordinary in this film, for so it was for them. End quote. Now, historians have been searching for the origin of the Amless story for many, many years, but the best version that they have really found is the Grammaticus's version that I mentioned already. However, the film is slightly different from his version. Firstly, the film is mainly set in Iceland rather than Denmark, but the biggest change is when Amless' uncle, Fjornir, loses his stolen throne and then flees to Iceland, where he essentially lives on a small farm with slaves from all across Northern Europe. Now, in the meantime, Amleth grows up and becomes this raider whose new family slaughter a Slavic village and enslave the survivors. He then receives this prophecy that pushes him again to seek revenge on his uncle. He pretends to be a slave and is shipped to his uncle's farm. There he meets the dead jester, played by Defoe, fires a magic sword, falls in love with Olga, and uses supernatural ways and also his skills with the sword to kill members of his uncle's new family. Obviously, this isn't Shakespeare, or even a faithful retelling of Saxon's story. Instead, Eggers wants to tell a story that's more accurate to those who actually lived in the Middle Ages. Now, according to Neil Price, who was an archaeologist at the University of Uppsala, who was one of the historical consultants for this film, quote, the people of the Viking Age inhabited in an organic story world in which tales changed in the telling. There was no static canon of Norse literature at the time. The Northman is not strictly Saxo, but it's not Hamlet either. It's something different and strange on its own, and that's why it's somewhat different." End quote. Now, according to him, everything from the clothes to the social structures were accurate, but the characters' behaviors weren't explained purposefully because that's just how the story is being told. The violence that the film shows and how the Vikings were more slavers was an accurate portrayal. In general, Viking people were much more brutal than what a lot of history has shown them as. They aren't Roma. Furthermore, The Observer reported that at the film's premiere in London, Eggers stated that he actually wanted to reclaim Vikings history and Norse mythology from white supremacists who have used them over time as a symbol of white pride and culture. Quote, the macho stereotype of that history along with, you know, the right-wing misappropriation of Viking culture made me sort of allergic to it and I never wanted to go there. End quote. And in many ways, this film really does try to show how they're not role models and attempts to explore the ideas of the dangers of revenge while also highlighting female power equality to male power through Olga and also Amleth's mother. The film has Amleth as a quote-unquote hero, but more so just a protagonist within the context of this film. But he, as a character, doesn't really match up with the morals of 2022, no matter your political view. Amleth is fine with watching conquered villagers being burned to death and is willing to kill women and children who attack him. Is it jarring? Absolutely. It shouldn't sit easy with the audience, and that's 100% purposeful. It is done to show the savagery of this society. Just talking about them keeps it more on a principle level, but it's quite another experience to see it depicted on screen. Now, Amleth as a character is not wanting fame or glory or doing what he does because of a patriotic duty. His drive is simply to avenge, to save, and then to kill. And that's just based on nothing but anger and rage in the most brutal way possible. The film does try to put on a modern message that essentially the idea of toxic masculinity has been destroying men for centuries and that women have had very little ability to push back. And this is somewhat shown when Amleth confronts his mother in her bedroom and is trying to set her free. She tells Amleth that she was the one who wanted his uncle to slay Amleth's father and then to kill Amleth, who was just a boy at the time. This touches on another very much debated subtext between Hamlet and Gertrude in Shakespeare's adaptation from a Freudian perspective. Some say that there's this Oedipal jealousy in Hamlet's fury with his uncle and that he subconsciously wants to be with his mother 
in a more intimate way. The difference in this film is that there's no ambiguity. Gudrun states that she is 100% willing to go to bed with the man whom she hates as much as her prior husband, even if it's incest. And through this, the character is basically just doing what she needs to survive. And the audience learns here that she's been doing this the entire time. She survived her enslavement early in life by giving birth to Amleth and becoming queen. However, even so, she still feels somewhat enslaved. And, and then fast forward to this point, she sees that Amleth will kill his uncle. So she tries to manipulate the situation so that she can stay alive even past Amleth and just keep on living even though it's incest. She does not care. She just wants to keep living. And in this sense, they showed this character as being a powerful woman and just doing everything that she can do because that's all she's able to do in a man-ruled world. And this transcends to the new woman in Amleth's life, Olga, but not in the exact same way. She has her own power that is completely separate from Amleth's family. And this is really comes to show how you can progress through a different mindset if you get another point of view on things. But her character, who is played absolutely wonderfully by Taylor Joy, but the importance of why the difference between the families matter comes when Amleth returns without his mother. And Olga asks where she is, and then she notices the blood on his hand. She asks him, did you kill her? Amleth tells her that he does not kill women, which later turns out to be a lie. This is because he's essentially indoctrined into this lifestyle, not only by the other berserkers in the very brutal family, but by his own real-life father. In the opening scenes of the film, Amleth goes to this ritual where he sees this vision of his descendants. In this vision, he only sees the men of his family, not the women. And this shows a medieval patriarchy that essentially that women aren't really part of a family, even though obviously when it comes to biological recreation, you need one and the other. But in this sense is that they show that how women are essentially only taken from slavehood or are prizes that are to be won. Other than that, they do not matter as Amleth eventually kills his own mother and also in this bit, his half brother. And this puts Fjolnir in the exact position that Amleth is in. They both want revenge that won't really bring them anything in the end. They fight for this kingdom that neither of them are going to rule over after this. Women that neither of them really care about. Obviously, Fjolnir's wife is dead, and he does not care about Olga, and everyone that essentially Amleth is fighting for is also dead. And as such, they both really die from this. However, in a general sense, when one realizes the issues with a society and does what they can to do to make it better, the future becomes better. Now, when Amleth received his original vision before he went on his trek for revenge, he was shown from the ashes of his revenge will rise a queen who will lead her people. As such, when Amleth touches Olga's wound, he sees a crown on his future's daughter's head. This is obviously to suggest that the cycle of this patriarch in his family will end with his death. He basically gets rid of anyone who would go after Olga and his children so they will ultimately live on and in this way he becomes a traditional hero though a much more violent one the cinematography in this film is pretty fantastic from really seeing the stormy seas to the lava volcano craters. And this film is one that really does need to be experienced on the biggest screen possible with the absolutely loudest sound system. It is a very ambitious and Eggers has definitely put together a very well made film. The performances are all fantastic across the board. However, this film may not be for everyone. 
Though for good reason, it is very brutal and there aren't any real happy moments throughout the film. There's not this arc of a hero's journey and frankly, Omelette is barely a character worth rooting for. So the viewer has a relatively simple story with a lot of violence to go through. As such, the characters aren't that relatable and the supernatural elements can be very bizarre at times. Through all this and the runtime of 137 minutes can make it a, a very exhausting film to watch. At the end of the day though, the film has a lot of fantastic things and is pure cinematic gold. If one can make through 137 minutes of brutality. The film succeeds honestly with its story, its direction, its ending, and some of its details like its acting, cinematography, and production. But it struggles with some of its details such as the characters and there really isn't that much of a theme to shout out, if at all. So at the end of the day, I would rate this film a four out of five. Now, what'd you think of it? Let me know, hit me up on social media. The formal review is on Facebook, Twitter, and the gram, and also YouTube. The handle's all the same, it's at the formal review. Don't forget to subscribe to any of the platforms, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, anywhere where you can find a podcast on Spotify, or even subscribe to the channel on YouTube. You can also check out The Painted Lines, where I also contribute a few other ways. And please leave a review on there so I can know how to improve because that's really how I grow as a human being and I want to keep this show entertaining for you all and for anyone who has supported me on a financial basis I thank you very much for supporting me in that way for anyone who wants to support you can go to anchor.fm forward slash the formal review click support this podcast and any donation is appreciated thank you all again for tuning in and until next time be happy enjoy life and be positive and see you at the movies. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of the Former Review. Cheers, and we'll see you next time.